For a great cup of troll, there's one thing you should know Your morning brew can also be playful Buff boy brewing guys make the temperature rise And you surely feel naughty when you swallow our coffee If you want some real heat Give your mouth a fine treat You will want some more, rest assured Buff boy brewing, you can't get It's time for The Scribble, your weekly fix of celebrity chats, bizarre stories in the news, and basic random chatter with best-selling author and syndicated radio host, Jeremy Bradley. Make sure your seat is in the upright and locked position and your barf bag is securely in place. Here's Jeremy Bradley. Thank you very much, Larson. Jeremy Bradley here. This is The Scribble. Oh my God, my eyes are watering. So just moments ago... (laughs) Moments ago, I watched two of this week's viral videos. I don't normally give into these things, but they are dominating the headlines, so I had to check them out. I had to check out the uh, Disneyland trash brawl and the bagel guy who wanted to go outside and got knocked out right in the bagel store. So, again, we weren't planning on talking about these today, but my eyes are watering, and I think I've got some thoughts and opinions on those things. So we're going to talk about that coming up in just a little bit. And also our friend Matt Eisman from American Ninja Warrior will be joining us. Always love talking with Matt. And, you know, the story when we have him on the show is that my mom is, like, the biggest fan of Ninja Warrior. And so every summer when the show was on, her and my dad watch it out at the lake. Uh, every every year my mom says, are you going to talk to that Matt Eisman again? And so I, I text him and I'm like, hey, Matt, you know what? My mom... My mom wants it to be on the show, so you call in, let's just do this thing, and, and so he's gracious enough to uh, to do it every year. So Matt Eisman will be joining us uh, on the podcast a little bit later. So yes, my thoughts on the, uh, the Disneyland brawl and the bagel knockout. Oh boy, right here on the Scribble. Again, you can email me your thoughts anytime, live at jbeyondair.com, live at jbeyondair.com. We're back right after this. Who are the Kardashians feuding with now? What did that little thug Justin Bieber do this time? Who's getting hitched? And who's headed for Splitsville? Hear the latest celebrity news and gossip every day. An entertainment wrap-up. The good, the bad, the ugly. But mostly, the ridiculously hilarious. It's all recapped in this daily segment at entertainmentwrapup.com. Have a laugh at the expense of the rich and famous when they take themselves way too seriously. It's three minutes of time-wasting fun at entertainmentwrapup.com. Check out Entertainment Wrap-Up at entertainmentwrapup.com. Brought to you by Speak Free Books. All right, so if you have not seen this four-minute viral video from Disneyland, it's... uh, I I said I just watched it a few minutes ago. I actually had to watch it two or three times just to kind of understand really what's going on. The the dude in the red shirt that had to get choked out, who was basically attacking his family members or his his group of people that he was there with. And, you know, I'm laughing because it is just ridiculous. You think Disneyland, uh, I think it was the New York Post that called it the scrappiest place on earth, not happiest place on earth. Uh, because this story, uh, you know, played out a few days ago and it's just making the rounds on the internet now and getting millions of views. And it's, I'm laughing because it's just so bizarre. It just speaks to the ridiculousness of society. And one... Like, what happened with people settling their differences at home? And I don't even mean with fists. That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean, like, if you're a couple and you're having an issue, my thought is always, 
you give your partner that death stare so that you know, oh, we're going to talk about this when we get home. You don't, it doesn't play out in public. That used to just sort of be the decent thing, right? You'd, or maybe you'd just kind of be like, you know, what, let's, you just say quietly, we'll talk about this at home, okay? You know what? You know what? Well, let's let's discuss this later. You don't have an all-out freaking brawl. And when I say brawl, this was a brawl at Disneyland. Again, if you have not seen it, uh, watch it right now while you're listening to this. Turn the volume down on YouTube while you're watching it, but keep listening to me. And I, I mean, I don't even need to narrate what happens. I mean, this guy just—you know—it's an all-out brawl. He starts punching this guy, and then he goes after these women, and and then it's, it seems like at one point he says something like, "You hit my mother," or "You hit my mama," and then he just starts beating the crap out of this woman, takes her to the ground, and uh, you know, people rush in and, and come to save the day. But for the first three and a half minutes of the video. There are a couple people here and there who are trying to step in, but it seemed like the crowd got unruly when he went after that one woman. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he did hit more than one woman, but for some reason that was the uh, the, the clinching point of the uh, the video. So, a couple things to talk about here. And obviously, I mean, I'm not making light of, you know, violence towards people. And it's not even about violence towards women. It's violence towards people. I don't care about your gender. You, you shouldn't be punching people in the face, no matter who they are. So, uh, but just because society seems to enjoy these kinds of things, and I was laughing at it just because I feel it's it's strange, but obviously we know domestic violence is a serious issue. That's not what I'm laughing about. What I'm laughing about is that this is at Disneyland, where you just don't expect people to be... I get pissed off at Disney World when I go to Orlando because I just hate kids. So when I see the kids on the leash or I see the kids having a meltdown and the parents not knowing how to deal with it, I enjoy that. So um, I, I do see some sort of family tussles there when the kids are acting up and the parents are, you know, wanting that respect. But at Disneyland, you know, you just don't expect to see an all-out brawl with like four or five people. Then you got the woman in the little scooter who, you know, almost gets... Uh, knocked over and then there's the one woman who kind of collapses and it looks like she passes out which seemed overly dramatic to me and again I don't know the story about exactly what happened I'm judging it based on the four and a half minute video that I've watched now I do have and I do I call these people trash because you're getting into a fight anybody who's just going to go start throwing punches and swinging I feel is a low life because again there's better way to solve your issues than with violence but Here's what I would hope that people do. When you whip out your phone to record these things, what I would like is everybody who's recording, I want to see all the different angles. So what I'd like you to do, if you if you capture these moments, is do like, you know, when they, uh, and rolling, when they do a TV show and there's that little clapper thing and it shows you the time, right? And action. And then there's the thing that clicks down. I would like you guys to sync up. Like, if you notice that, okay, I was there, and then I have video of it too, get together. Give us a split screen or a quad screen. Give us the four shot. I want to see every angle in the moment. Just like you would on television, right? Cut to camera one. Okay, camera two. Okay, back to one. Camera three. Go four. Uh, but I want to see it all. So if somebody could either get all of the videos and edit them together so we're seeing it like a television show, or show us everybody's footage at the same time as and you know because in this instance there were a couple different fights that sort of broke out and so when these people go off screen and i want to see what's happening off screen too like i don't want to miss a moment of this trash that's fighting at disneyland i want to see it all so i beg of you people who are standing by and recording this and you're posting it to youtube or your social media in the hopes of getting attention 
team up with the others who videotaped it, collaborate everybody, and then make it, get some you know editing and production value in there. I want to see the split screen of, okay, wait, we've got two fights happening at the same time. You know what? We're not going to miss anything. I'm going to keep rolling on this one. You keep rolling on that one. And then, you know, make a, make a scene for us. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. In a way, I'm being sarcastic and joking, but... You know, if you're going to have this footage anyway, I don't want to have to watch five different versions of it. Just put it all together and cut to camera one, camera two, and uh, do some editing. People rush to go viral. That's the thing. The thing. Do do a little production. And if you add in, like, kung fu music and thing and sound effects, that, that would go a long way, too. But in this instance, uh, it was great to sort of try to understand what was happening in the Disneyland brawl. But, yeah, do, do some split-screen action and help us out there. Now, also, too, I did have to laugh because it took several minutes for uh, Disneyland security to come rolling in. And I guess Disneyland security isn't prepared for <laughs> brawls and fistfights. And so their security is a bit of a joke. I have to laugh because that last minute, though, when they kind of come rushing in, they look like just these, you know, straight-edged people who are just like, you know, please behave. Can you please stop? Can you behave? I want to see a freaking police officer with, like, handcuffs come running in and tasers and all that other stuff. So I wonder if Disneyland is going to employ other, you know, security measures because when you think about it, this is a very large place. And maybe they do have police on hand. They certainly did not show up in this video. Or if they did, they don't have, you know, handcuffs or guns or tasers drawn or anything like that. It almost seemed like they were trying to come in to be mediators and, you know, and tell people, please stop, please behave, please don't do this. And Disneyland security was a bit of a joke on that one. I'm sorry. I I, I think that, you know, this played out for a good three minutes, three and a half minutes before people came running in from Disneyland. Now, there were some, it looked like some, uh, you know, garbage picker-uppers, cleaners, who it's not their job to get in the way of the fight, so I don't blame them for not physically intervening. But, yeah, I, I kind of looked at security. Like, yeah, like you're really going to make, if I'm in a rage and I'm already punching out people, this little jerk in a Disneyland uh, security uniform who looks like a farmer or whatever, like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get knocked out. And I'm not, again, I'm not condoning that, but what I'm saying is security there was not intimidating and not authoritative at all. So, uh, again, maybe Disneyland does have like a police force there because if something happens, you know, that's going to take a long time for police to come in there and get to where the action is, is going down. So I would expect, you know, like golf carts or some sort of mobility. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, Okay, so that's the Disneyland Brawl video. Now, the other one that went viral this week was the bagel guy. The tiny little man who uh, talks about, I guess, women just not taking him seriously on dating sites. Uh, that he's like five feet and tries to be Mr. Big Man. And what he reminded me of is the little tiny yappy dogs. When I go out and walk my dogs and I've got a golden retriever and a lab cross. So I've got, you know, big, full-sized, regular-sized dogs. And then you've got always just those little fluff balls that look like little rats that all of a sudden get really barky and aggressive. And, and my dogs just keep going. They're like, yeah, piss off. You know what? You know, One bite or one kick you're gone and so that's what this little guy in the bagel shop was doing is you know then he starts he's yelling at everybody and then he basically goes and says to one guy well you know what let's do you want to go outside all of a sudden big dude steps in takes him down to the floor and it's just like well, there you go i mean you you wanted it so you got taken down and you looked like a fool you looked the fool is what they say now uh I, again, I just, I don't understand why people have these confrontations with others. Just leave it alone. Walk away. Who had that 
Kelly Clarkson, right? Walk away. I mean, it was a different sort of a context to her song, but but certainly like these people having confrontations in public with others, just let it go. Now, there was another viral video that, uh, again, we, we don't have time to talk about it, do we? Because we've got Matt Eisman. Uh, okay, sure. There was in San Francisco, we had the guy who wouldn't let the man into the building for security reasons. Naturally, because of how society is, this turned into a racial thing. Now, I didn't know this story. I happened to be uh, at home and I walked by the television and CNN was on. And so then I saw I saw the breaking news banner, which I, I still get duped by that because I still feel like, oh, oh, what's going on? There's there's breaking news. And it's not. They just do that to get your attention. So it worked in this case. But Don Lemon was on. They were just showing the story about this viral video. The Now, for the purposes of um, identifying who's who. So the black man, right, the so-called victim starts recording because the white guy, the bad guy wouldn't let him into a building. It's an apartment building and you need to get buzzed in. And so as the tenant, the white guy, was leaving, I guess the victim, black guy, was trying to get into the building and white guy wouldn't allow him in. And again, like I said, I'm just using these for identifiers because what my point is here is that I don't believe it was racism based on what I saw and what I read and what I heard, okay? So society is very quick to jump in and say that this is racism just because the guy is black. Now, when you hear the backstory of the the actual tenant of the building who said, you know, there's been security issues here. And at the same time, this is where I live. So I don't know who you are and you're not getting buzzed in. That's a security issue. That is very logical to me. I would feel the same way. Whether I had security issues in my building or not. You get buzzed in for a reason, right? That's why those things are set in place. Now, had the tenant uh, started to go and make, you know, racial comments or, you know, call him derogatory names or allude to the fact that he's a gangster, homeless, anything, you know what? Then, okay, I could sort of understand the claim of racism. But in this case, based on the video that I saw on the internet afterwards and then hearing the discussion with Don Lemon on CNN and and the alleged victim, nothing really was said to indicate race. Nothing was said or done to specifically pinpoint racism. So I write a newspaper column about that. I tweet about it. Naturally, then people start jumping on me going, it absolutely was racism, blah, blah, blah. So let me put it like this. Flip this situation around and say that it was me and I'm trying to get into the building and I'm told no. I'm a white guy, okay? Where do we start? What if this was a woman who was doing it? Would we then say that the tenant was sexist because he wouldn't let the woman in? Like, the go-to always seems to be racism. And and lately, the go-to is also sexism, right? Oh, it's men not treating women properly, whatever. Okay, so now back to where I was saying about me. So I could quickly then go and say, you know what? He didn't let me into the building because I'm gay. He is a homophobe. He's a bigot. He's a whatever. It's, it's jumping to conclusions, right? You're playing the victim. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm gay. I'm whatever. That's my go-to instantly because, you know, you offended me or, or you said something to me or you did something. And, and, that, and I worked with a woman like that um, years ago when I was an editor at a publishing company. She, she was a lesbian. And it was always that so-and-so is picking on me because I'm gay. And, and, and I just, I hated that. I absolutely hated that because that wasn't the case, but that was how she viewed it onlookers everybody else was like no he doesn't have a problem with her and and you know it was very clear but that was her go-to and that really bothered me and so in this case again 
you know, you have the guy, the, the tenant who makes a statement and says, you know, my dad was killed, you know, with a, a violent situation. We've had security issues. I'm doing that because I'm protecting the property as well. I get it. I get it. And so when Don Lemon has this guy, the victim, the alleged victim on his show, there's a 20-minute discussion. And it almost seemed like the alleged victim, I don't know if he was having a change of heart or there was just a different kind of a tone as the interview went on, because even Don was like, you know, I kind of see the tenant's point there. So I'm wondering if this guy, alleged victim, wanted his viral moment, because again, it goes right to social media. I'm wondering if that as the dust settled, you know, in the days following, was he kind of like, yeah, maybe it wasn't really racism. I, I don't know if that clip with Don and that 20-minute segment is online, but if you look for Don uh, Lemon on CNN and this guy... You know, it does. He almost kind of seems like he doesn't have much to say. He wasn't outraged. He wasn't. He was just very subdued. And uh, yeah, so it, it just kind of made me think like, yeah, I didn't really see anything that was racist. The only thing that you see is racist is because the guy on the receiving end of it is black. And, and maybe I'm just Canadian. Maybe I'm just tolerant of others. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I really didn't see it. But there were so many people that just jumped on. It's like you weren't there. You're just doing this mob mentality that it's racism because the guy just happened to be black. And so, you know, what if he was, you know, what if he was a black gay guy? Which one do we jump on? Is it because he's racist or is he a homophobe? You know, we got to pick which which victim are you in this case? So tell me your thoughts. I would really love to know your thoughts on this. Live at jbonair.com. We're almost out of time. We'll be right back with Matt Eisman from American Ninja Warrior on The Scribble. Isn't it crazy that you wait for payday, but before you know it, you're strapped for cash again? It's time to stop blowing your money and become a smart spender with the book, The Official Guide to Being an American Cheapskate at CheapskateBook.com. Learn simple ways to cut costs at home every day and during special times of the year. Don't go broke at Christmas. Don't remortgage the house for a fancy vacation. The book is filled with tips to save you money throughout the year. Check out the best-selling book, The Official Guide to Being an American Cheapskate at CheapskateBook.com or on Amazon and iTunes. Ever had something to get off your chest but never had the balls to say it? That's a load of crap. Speak Free with JB.com is exactly what you've been waiting for. Your chance to tell it like it is and not care what anybody else thinks. Have your say on issues of the day. Join newspaper and radio columnist Jeremy Bradley as he tells it like it is. Hundreds of thousands of people have stopped by, including some well-known celebrities who have had a chat with JB and speak candidly about what's really going on in the world. You can join them, too. Have a rant or a rave. Be brave and head on over to www.speakfreewithjb.com now. Not that I let my mom produce the radio show, but she does insist that I chat with Matt Eisman about American Ninja Warrior every summer. So mom is getting her way this time, maybe just because her birthday was on Monday. But there you go. We've got Matt Eisman joining us on the line. Hey, Matt. Well, I, I think I have to start it now with happy birthday, mom. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. Thanks it, for being my press agent. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, I, I think that she's uh, obsessed with the show. It's it's something that my parents watch at the lake in the summer. So there you go. So she is tuned in. I know that for I sure. I love it. Okay, well, you know, the competition is heating up again, and then there's the L.A. Finals that are happening, and then Atlanta Finals are the week after that. And I have to ask, after all these years, are people upping their game? Like, we're seeing these home videos of people setting up a course, basically, at their house. It has gotten... It's, it's, it's crazy to look at the growth 
of our athletes, the preparation, the skills, and even even the ones who've been with us from the beginning, guys like Ryan Stratus or David Campbell, how much better they've gotten. So when people, if you go back and look at our early seasons and see it right now, it wouldn't even challenge these, these athletes. They would mm-hmm. be getting through it. We'd have ridiculous success rates because they come in so much better prepared. They have obstacles in their backyard. They have them in gyms. And they're spending, you know, some of them are training five days a week. So the athletes come in much better prepared, um, even rookies. It used to be the ball was a challenging obstacle. Now, in a given year, a handful of people who make it there won't make it up. It's become something like a easier than a free throw in basketball. <laughs> and I guess, well, that's the one thing, right, is that the creators of the courses on the show are also having to up their game as well, right? Because you can't have it so that everybody finishes. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting um, to, to come up with obstacles, obstacles, designing these obstacles to challenge people who are 4 feet 10 to 6 foot 7, people who weigh 90 pounds to people who weigh 250 pounds. And, and, you know, people 19 up to 77, that they all might have a shot on these obstacles. Um, and it really is an art to, to designing them. And what's been great is we started with an obstacle design challenge a few seasons ago. And since then, some of our best obstacles have come from our viewers. And we had, you know, the, the double dipper in Las Vegas where people go for a ride on stage one. It's become one of our most popular, most challenging obstacles. It was designed by an 11-year-old girl with crayons. <laughs> and so I love where people can participate in this show in so many different ways and contribute and come up with these insane obstacle challenges. What's the most challenging one, in your opinion, this season? It's, you know, I think it, it varies based on your skills. When I look at something like the Ultimate Clipping or anything with grip strength, uh, it up where you're having to ratchet up those handles, for me... I know how hard that would be. Now, for some of the other ninjas, um, not quite as much of a challenge. Um, we have some insanely hard obstacles, particularly once we start, uh, as we are uh, giving on Monday, when we get to the city finals courses. The difficulty really ratchets up. So I think um, we're going to see something, particularly in, uh, not to give too much away, but when Baltimore comes, um, I think you'll see uh, one of the most challenging obstacles we've ever had. Okay. Uh, leaps of faith. Easier said than done? Oh, it is. It really is um, much easier said. They're always easier <laughs> said than done. Trick question. <laughs> to watch, just to, to see these people have to do it. And, and an obstacle, if you watch it, you see it's challenging. But that obstacle is number nine in Las Vegas out of ten obstacles. So they've gone through eight obstacles at that point in the middle of the night. They're absolutely fatigued. And the grip strength is is pumped out and this one it's little fingertip holds and the final grab the final transition on this one you have to grab the handles on a blind grab the handles are facing away from you you can't see where you're putting your hands and it's 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 something that is so challenging so it's insanely hard and to watch these athletes attack it is so much fun um to and we have no idea who's going to do it who's going to get through it, it, that's one of the great things I think that keeps Akbar and me always on the edge of our seat is every run, it can end in an instant. Someone can trip up on a balance up on the very first obstacle. We've seen it happen. Or you can have a run these people will never forget where they do something truly remarkable. And I think that's one of the great things is how comfortable this show is.
Well, that you know, you talk about edge of your seat. Don't you guys stand the whole time? So you don't even have seats. It That's is. how. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's a fair point. I, 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 I did mean it metaphorically. You're 100 right. We're standing, but you know, we stand for eight hours a night, and we're calling hundreds of runs, or you know, 100 runs on the first night, and, mm-hmm. and 30, 30 plus runs on the second night. We we really do our energy. You know, no matter how tired you are, as soon as someone gets on the course, we're riveted because it really is so unpredictable and 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 so challenging and we love it one of the greatest things is when you see someone do something that surprises even them and i think back to michael stanger in season seven when he hit a buzzer and had no idea he was able to do it or brian burke the burkinator in la in the first episode when that guy got up on top of the buzzer and he's riding the pony and then he's doing the splits and just the pure joy at having accomplished it was was awesome and infectious even just that celebration is easier said than done too right I pulled my groin just watching. I didn't even move in it. I, I felt it. It, it really, it really is one of the things where you think I, I, uh, I don't, I don't want to attempt this because uh, it will break me. I'm fun. It's fun just watching from a distance. I don't need to get right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power Tower. That's new this season. So the two fastest yeah. finishers, right? So it was great. You know, we we saw them qualifying where they would compete, and if you won, you'd get the speed pass where you'd be guaranteed a spot in Vegas. But what's what's really interesting is starting in the city finals now they're competing for the safety pass, and this is something where for the first time ever in Vegas, if somebody falls on stage one or stage two and they have a safety pass, they'll get a duel. And this is monumental because so often a ninja will stumble and fall or fall on an obstacle, and you'll see it in their face where they're. They're just going, if I could do that again, I know I could get through it. Well, for the first time ever, if you're good enough, if you're fast enough, if you earn that right, you could get another shot. And, you know, this is something, in looking back, I think we've had people fall, particularly stage one, where had they had another shot, maybe they end up winning. Maybe they end up with a million dollars. So what you're going to see in the city finals is people competing for a chance that that could mean the difference between your season being over and winning a million dollars so i think it really heightens you know the the stakes are insane and it's fun because only people are going to go into vegas with that power six people but for them um it's going to be an earned privilege and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out so we have no idea how it's going to work and for the atlanta round let's fast forward to atlanta up for grabs uh that's something new this year I love I love the way we come up with these obstacles and the name. But when you when you see people when you see people trying to get through them, I think the name you know upper grabs is great because um, it really is. It just kind of sums up the unpredictability of how these athletes uh, will fare on these things. And, and I love watching in Atlanta. We have some phenomenal performances as we do in LA. And I what, what's really cool is now that we're in season eleven. We have so many new athletes who come out and surprise us, but I love seeing some of the veterans come back, You know, whether it's guys like Ryan Stratus, um, Jesse Graff, Flex LeBrec, who we just saw hit a buzzer in Cincinnati qualifying last week. I love seeing them come out and seeing the fans respond to them and seeing these athletes kind of build build a following and, and have people 
really get to know them and get to know how much this means for them. This really is one of those shows where you are rooting for almost everybody. And so, you know, there's some of those game shows that, you know, the contestants are just so cocky and obnoxious that you just want them to lose. This is totally different. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, they're just... Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is awesome, I think, in that... And, and that was something that, that the, the competitors taught us. The ninjas taught us the sense of camaraderie and this spirit of you're not competing against each other. You're competing against yourself to, right. to be better than you were. And as long as you're doing that, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. And, and seeing them cheer for people, even if it means it could end their season, it is unique among uh, not just shows on TV, but I think sports. You just don't see it that often to have that that spirit of, hey, we're all in this together, and we're all elevating each other. And and I think because of that, we've seen so many people get involved. We're about to start taping the kids' version for season two, and seeing these kids come in and embrace that spirit. And I think for kids who maybe didn't don't like traditional sports, or it's just not their skill set or their disposition, to find something like Ninja Warrior where you know everybody's welcome, whether you're the best or whether you're just starting out, you're all treated the same. And I think it really it's amazing to, to see that spirit and see how, I think right now, people really appreciate that. So we're going to be watching. It's Monday nights on NBC. Matt, we've got about like a minute and a half left. You know what we're going to do right now? We're going to surprise what my mom. Doing? We're going to call my mom and wish her happy birthday. Oh, I love it. I'm going to try it. I, now, again, I don't. I haven't planned this, so I don't know if they're going to answer or not. But let's, <laughs> let's try it, see if we can get mom on the phone here. Uh, so we'll just dial here. So, again, Monday nights, NBC, American Ninja Warrior. Let's see if we can get mom. Check it out. All right, it's ringing here. Hello? Hello, Mom. Yes? We had a celebration the other day. What was that for? I don't know. Uh-oh. We had a celebration. What were we celebrating? Uh, somebody's birthday, I think. It was your birthday. And one yeah. one of the shows that you like to watch in the summer is American Ninja Warrior, right? Yeah. Okay, so Matt Eisman is on the phone right now. He wants to tell you something. Okay. Oh, Bradley, it's Matt Eisman, host of American Ninja Warrior, and I want to say... Happy birthday! Because <laughs> today you are an American Ninja Warrior. There we go. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> thank I can't you. thank you enough. Not only not only for watching the show, but for convincing your son to have me on to be able to talk. Ah, about. <laughs> okay then. Well, there we awesome. go. All right. Well, thanks, all mom. Right. Well, thank you very thanks, much. Mama. All right. Talk to you soon, mom. Okay. All right. Well. Bye. There we go. Well, no, thank you, Matt. That was fun. <laughs> oh, boy. a little perplexed by it. I love it. See, you know, we've done it a couple of times where I'll just randomly have a celebrity on the phone. It's like, you know what? Let's call my mom. <laughs> so I think she almost expects it now. So, oh, I love it. All right. So, again, yeah. Monday night's NBC. Matt Eisman, always great chatting with you. Thanks for joining us. We're out of time on The Scribble. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Want more Scribble? Check out thescribbleshow.com for past shows, celebrity interviews, cheapskate tips, and more. That's at thescribbleshow.com and on Twitter at The Scribble Show. The Scribble is a speak-free media presentation. If you want some real heat, give your mind.